Kia ora, hello and welcome. My name is Bernadine Rangi and you are listening to my podcast Catch Up With B. Welcome to podcast two and the topic for today is living and working in Australia. Um, So as always I'd like to begin the podcast um, by paying tribute and acknowledgement to, to my parents, um, uh, to my mother, Rawania Robinson, and to my father, Bernard Rangi, both of course whom have passed now, um, but of, no doubt without them I would not be here. So special tribute and acknowledgement to them. I'd also like to pay um, tribute and acknowledgement to the Aboriginal Indigenous peoples of Australia. As you may have gathered, Australia is not my home. So I'd like to pay special tribute and acknowledgement to the First Nations people of Australia um, and to Elders past and present. So, welcome to podcast two. Today's date is September the 2nd, 2019, and the time is 10, we are fairly late into the evening, it's 10.03, and I'm rec- coming to you live from my from my bedroom, actually, which is in the front of the house, so special welcome to Catch Up With B, podcast number two, and today's topic is living and working in Australia. I moved to Australia two years ago on August the 28th, so just a few days ago I celebrated uh, living uh, here in Australia for two years, and what what an adventure it's been, it's been hot, it's been, it's in regards to the weather, it's been amazing in parts, it's been stressful in other parts. It's been an all-round adventure, really. Um, but two years down the track, uh, I now find myself living, living in Red Bank Plains, in my own place, um, and fairly settled at this point. Um, So for today's podcast, I thought I would share my experiences of moving and living in Australia. Um, I'm not really a person to give advice because I can only speak to um, topics from my own experience, but there are things I will point out towards the end of the podcast. I think that would be important to consider if you're a, a Kiwi thinking of moving to the fair old fair dinkum land of Australia. Uh, my brother Robert and I, we left New Zealand not with any great plan really, I think, for both of us for various reasons, you know, the life in New Zealand had sort of uh, plateaued out really and... Um, before we left, we were both group fitness instructors and Zumba instructors at um, both for a gym brand and in the community. And I think we'd had just sort of come to the end 
of that run in regards to being comfortable in regards to um to work and I think it was timing um I think the landlord at the place that we were staying in Ranui and Porirua had given notice and I think that's when I made the decision because we'd been talking about it for ages and then we just decided to get up and do it. Um, there wasn't any really grand plan. I think the main focus was putting everything into storage um, and which we did. And for those of people who have moved and put stuff in storage, it can be stressful and it can be very time consuming. Um, but we, we managed to do that. Um, we weren't quite sure where we were going to go. We basically turned up on our nephew's doorstep. Well, we actually turned up at our brother's place initially and then eventually made it to our nephew's doorstep here in Bouvel and Ipswich. But there was no great plan. Um... We just turned up and went from there. Um, we arrived in August, and we did hadn't researched anything. We hadn't, you know, thought to ask that the weather's going to be pretty darn hot for us. Obviously, we came in spring. It was the beginning of spring, and the weather for us, you know, was hot here in Queensland. For those, uh, the weather's fantastic, but if you come from New Zealand, it's you know, which is quite cold. Um, this Queensland weather is absolutely ridiculous, and it was. Um, we did come with a little bit of money. We were very fortunate in that way that we came with a bit of backing. Um, we had put our stuff at home and in, in, in storage in advance. Um, but like I say, we hadn't come with any grand plan. And, you know, if you don't come with a plan, you... you so for, I guess for quite a number of months, um, you know, you're sort of, you're in a new country, what do you do? Do you go and check out the Zumba classes? Because we'd come fresh from teaching Zumba. Um, do you go out and about and have a look? Do you go and see the country? Um, bearing in mind we'd come from just living with myself and my brother and we came into a house that was fully loaded with nine people and so adding us to that was 11 um, we had not planned for that either so that you know we hadn't anticipated that there actually were a number of things we hadn't anticipated um, Christmas was very quiet um, And then we managed, I think, it took a while to get work. There was sort of that toss-up between, do you get work, do you have a look around? Everyone was happy to see us. Um, but no one was really sort of, oh, and certain things, there were offers of to show us how to do things, but um, we basically did quite a number of things on our, on our own backs. And on our own, which was a bit of a surprise, actually. Um, I believe I started the first podcast not long after I moved into the house, um, into the my nephew's house. And it took quite a, a while for us to establish 
took a long time for us to establish what we were doing, to find our feet, to be comfortable where we were living. That took a long time. Um, we had initially come to Australia to start teaching Zumba, not realising that we obviously needed a break from teaching Zumba and group fitness. Um, I came very fit, and two years down the track, I'm very unfit now. Um, we did discover the world of workout parks, which was absolutely fantastic. We discovered Pokemon Go, um, which was a great time. Um, you know, that was a great consumer of our time, but I think um, it took a while to, to, to get things done. We eventually found work. It took a long time. Um, we weren't given any guidance as to how to do that, as to where to go to do that, as to what to do in regards to that. And eventually we found our own work. Um, initially we delivered newspapers uh, and flyers and then eventually we would find cleaning work with absolute domestics. Um, and, and various other organisations. But that took a while um, to secure that. and um, But we did it. And, and we're very grateful for the experiences and the travel that we did in regards to that. I was very fortunate not long, not too long after I arrived, a friend of mine who I hadn't seen for 20 plus years um, was living uh, not too far away actually. She had sold her house and she had moved to Red Bank while she was waiting for her new house build or her new house to be built. And so she was only 10 minutes away from where I was living in Bouvel and she, you know, had been here for an extended amount of time living in many parts of Australia. Um you know, in regards to following her husband's work, who was a linesman. And for those of you who aren't aware of what a linesman is, that's a, uh, or a rigger, that's a person, well, in his particular profession anyway, he built or helped to build um, the electricity towers or the pylons um, that the electricity lines are attached to um, all over uh Brisbane here and um, he also worked in the mines and so obviously my friend her son followed the you know followed her husband for work and so it was it was a little bit surreal actually um, catching up with her and her partner um, who I hadn't seen now their son is now 22. Um, and I met them just before they had the birth of their son. Um, so I was pre their son, and it was very surreal actually to meet them, you know, so many years down the track. Um, you know, are you the same people that you were um, way back? All those years ago, I know I look the same. <laughs> I'm the same height, although I'm sure I was taller 20 years ago. Um, 
but yes I you know how do you carry yourself because you're not I mean I might have the same manner the same personality but how do you carry yourself after so many years and so I've been very fortunate to to link up with them and to be supported by them and because they've been here for such a long time you know they sort of know how things work here in Australia um, one thing that had changed was that uh, my friend's husband had had a head injury um, and he'd actually fallen off um, these one of these electricity towers um, obviously a work-related accident and that was a real shock actually to see um, <clears throat> because he was a very uh, to see him post you know his his accident which obviously he sustained a head head brain injury um, and now lives with that and so and to remember him as a, a fully functioning uh, very strong very um, very different man to the one that he is now um, was very I got I have to say I did get a surprise um, I'm very grateful to my friend I'm very thankful they have supported me to to get into this house um, and they've supported myself and my brother along the way um, in regards to settling here in Australia and you know they've sort of been the go-to people um, for any advice of, of how to do certain things here um, so I'm very happy uh, very happy that they were here very grateful because their their advice um, and their information was given freely and it was you know <clears throat> because they know what it's like um, to settle in a new country and um, they were very uh, you know they sort of paved the way for their families um, so they don't have any family support so I've been very fortunate that I came and I've got two brothers and a nephew that were here before us and so you know I'm fortunate that I was able to stay with my nephew um, where my friend when they first came to Australia back in the 90s um, they were unsupported by any family here so they paved the way for their own family so I'm very grateful um, and thankful to them um, for me I think I think it was a good move um, I, I can say this from my point of view in regards to group fitness um, and anything really that New Zealand is an absolutely fantastic country uh, you know, you, uh, hands down, it's a country that you cannot beat. And it, I guess the isolation of New Zealand means that, you know, it's fairly untouched in regards to world history, in regards to, you know, economic development. You know, it, it's a babe, really. It's a babe in the woods, and, 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 and you know, it will continue to flourish. The unfortunate thing I think for New Zealand is that it's so small. You know, it's, it's it's I compare it to being a small town. You know, compared to a, a, a metropolitan city, um, the mentality because everyone there's sort of two degrees of separation, um, and everybody knows everybody, and everybody knows everybody's business, and that's the unfortunate 
reality of small town New Zealand. And from my point of view in regards to group fitness, in regards to fitness in general, in regards to sports, in regards to, to anything that you do really over in New Zealand, um, so there's a very set mentality, I think, this is my opinion, there's a very set way in which things are done. And that's not just in group fitness, and that's not just... It's in society in general. I won't mention other fitness brands. I'll just group fitness, just, you know, fitness instruction in general. Um, it does not, they do not recognize talent. And they don't foster future talent. And so, you know, the lack of scope... I think, and not aiming for a to represent a wider demographic, because obviously certain brands, big brands, tend to aim for a certain demographic who they think um, have all the money, um, and they they think that they'll tailor their products towards those particular people, and that you know that cuts out about eighty to ninety percent of the rest of the community. Um, where if you fostered, you know, business towards and marketing towards a more diverse um, audience, then you would, you know what I mean, then you would recognise. That's been my experience anyway, in particular to group fitness, where I didn't, fit, we did, both my brother and I did not fit into the mould. We were not young. You know, we're both 40 plus, plus in some cases. <laughs> we did not fit the mould. We were not skinny and white. And, you know, or female. Well, I'm female, but we were not skinny, white, middle-aged women. And that's what I think, uh, you know, as the demographic, obviously, in New Zealand that has money, that has time to do group fitness, you know, they, they, people like that can tend to um, fit fitness into their um, busy schedules. Um, we did not fit that mould at all. Um, and, and we were pigeonholed, I think, um, very skilled at, at, at what we did, but I, th I don't think... Um, People were very forward-thinking and they assumed a lot of things about the both of us. And so rather than recognising talent for what it is, rather than recognising skill, we were very fortunate to be mentored and supported by people who'd been within the industry for a number of years, for at least 20-plus years, at the top of their game, who were willing to you know, share and give of their time and their skill because they could recognise skill and talent. And I think that's what, not just the group fitness, but I think in, in general that's what moved us to move to Australia because at least uh, we'd be able to step up onto the world stage, we'd be on a global stage and we would be recognised for our skill. And that wasn't happening in New Zealand post-professionally 
and personally and that's the reason we moved to Australia and, and that's just starting to happen now um, yes so that's what made my brother and I move to Australia That that's what I think anyway um, what's it been like I, I've actually um, I've found most Australians are pretty you know, most Australians are pretty down to earth. Uh, uh, there's most people that I've dealt with have been pretty good, actually. Um, Ipswich does remind me. It's still a farming town community, and it's slowly building itself up to to a city. It is a city rather, but it's still got a very provincial working class type of, and that's a good thing, uh, mentality. And so you'll find a lot of the industry, core prime industry, uh, was established here, coal mining, um, those trades, you know what I mean, and many trades, a very practical part of Brisbane. Yeah, so my experience of the Australian people has been very good, actually, so far. Um, there's probably a couple, I've had a couple of instances of people that haven't been very good. But in general, I think, um, I've had no problems. I've been very fortunate and very lucky in that regard. I have to say, though, the accent, I ju- it, absol- it, it absolutely drove me crazy. For the first few months, I, if you're not, if your ear is not used to hearing it, you just think, oh my God, it's just, it's like, you know, how you run your nails down a, a chalkboard. Oh my gosh. I'm used to it now, but I wasn't when I got here. So, yes, um, the people, the service, yeah. I don't know. I think. One cultural difference I think I noticed with New- between New Zealand and Australia is that New Zealanders love small talk. So, you know, we'll chat to you about the weather, rah 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 what he was going, what he'd been up to. It's a very informal society. We're here. It's very um, a very direct society, and so they're very blunt. Um, and there's no small talk. Like, you could be in the shop. You know, you could be in Coles or Woolworths and you could be going, how's your day? You good? You know what I mean? I don't even ask now. I just, um, I've become Australian in that way. I think I just, yep, thank you, bye. And that's a, a, a very, that's, small talk's important, I think. Um, but you, you sort of tend to know when to use it and when not to use it here. I think you can gauge that. There are many, there are, there is a huge amount of Kiwis here. Um, and they come here for the work, just like we do. They, they come here for the opportunity. They come here for the work. They come here for the fly and fly out work. Um, they, they are, we are a very large migrant workforce here in Australia. We are one of the main migrant workforces here in Australia. So yes, I I have to say, and I, I think it was a good decision to move to Australia because you just, 
have the opportunity, if you want to, to 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 be your own boss, to 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 you know to step onto the global stage. Uh, the Australian, I think, uh, I don't know, just, just because we do not, as New Zealanders, we do not receive any financial. Uh, we're not entitled to anything from the Australian government unless you have children, um, and, and you're entitled. Uh, if your children are born here, um, a friend of mine who children are born here, my nephew, his uh, last two children were born here. I think you rec- can receive family tax assistance, but that's about it, really. We are not financially supported by the Australian government. And we should be because we make up a huge percentage of the migrant workforce here. Um, Willard Sindra Dern and, you know, and the current Australian Prime Minister try and work something out. He's hoping because as Kiwis, you know, we deserve it. We, um, you know, we pay a huge contribution to the Australian economy, I think. For the people, for the you know, for the workers that work here and pay tax. So the incentive to work and the incentive to find work and the incentive to be successful, I think, is triple fold for Kiwis. Because if you're not successful, then you better send yourself home if you can afford to. Um, so you know, it's advantageous. Um, you know, to find work and to be successful in the work that you find. So for the next part, I think uh, it's probably more, and I would get an email just as I'm recording this, wouldn't I? And it would beep. (laughs) Oh dear. Um, These are probably more suggestions rather than giving advice. Um, and these are based on my experiences here in Australia. If you can, research. Do some research. Talk to people who live here currently, you know, and do some research. Because if we'd done some research, we probably wouldn't have come to this part of Queensland. Um, we, uh, My brother and I are actually aiming to move to the Gold Coast, which is about an hour and a half away from where we are at the moment. <clears throat> um, yeah, that would be the key thing. Before you make that decision to move and work and live here in Australia, research it and research it to the point let you figure out which state you want to work and live in. Um, do some thorough research and really talk to people within your support networks who actually currently live and work here. Have a chat with them and if you're able to financially, um, come for a visit and have a look. Because you don't know until you get here. And if you're like us, you tended to learn... <laughs> And like many other Kiwis as well, you learnt as you went. In the first year or two, for a lot of people, unless they were fortunate enough to to come into work, straight into work, the settling in period is not easy. And it takes a while to settle, to make sure you do your research. Um, 
make sure also that you've got accommodation to come and stay. Um, or come over and organise accommodation because it's not that easy to get. And you actually, you know, you have to have that money for the bond and things like that for rental accommodation. If you're fortunate enough, fortunate enough to have, to, you know, to have a fantastic budget where you can buy your own house, well, that's fantastic. And I know people who've done that. Um, but for those of us who weren't that fortunate and didn't have that sponsorship or backing, um, make sure you have somewhere to stay and, and make sure that they are happy to have you stay there and that you're happy to live there um, until the time comes where you can and are able to move on to other accommodation. So that's key, making sure you have a place to stay and researching really thoroughly uh, what the situation is here. And uh, that would involve, obviously, if you can afford it, a trip over to have a look. Um, another suggestion I would have, and it depends how you're coming, whether you're coming as part of a family with children or whether you're coming as, your, as, as, you know, as yourself, as an individual, I would really heavily suggest that one of you comes first. One of you comes first, finds that accommodation, finds somewhere to stay, finds a stable work, and, you know, works at it for a while and saves up some money, you know, so that you can move into um, your own accommodation because that's important and, and that's actually one of the hardest things to do is to um, have the money and the funds available and also the things that you need to settle in to a new place because it's not easy to put all of that together. Um, I was fortunate my friend who was moving into her new build left all her old stuff uh, and I currently rent um, the rental that she was renting before she moved into her new build so I was very fortunate in that way but that would be a, 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 a really important suggestion is to send one part, portion of your family um, or, or, you, or whatever your living situation is to to settle things here the most important thing Depending on what your work situation is, if you're working for a global company, try and get a transfer to Australia. To working in Australia, you know, companies like Spotless and, you know, global companies. That's one that came sort of off the top of my head. Um, if you can apply for work and if you've uh, got all the tickets, uh, tickets in regards to tr to you know, your forklift licences and your, and your truck and trailer licences and, 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 you know, whatever your trade, whatever the tickets are, if you can, you know, if you can transfer to the equivalent um, certificate here, it's a really good idea. If you can apply for work from New Zealand, that's even better, particularly for global companies. If you can transfer... Um, that would be even better. But make sure before you come here that someone has 
definite work, has a confirmed job. Because you're going to need that financial support and backing when you get here. Um, unless you're, you're made of money and you've got a pot of gold, you know, in your bag on the plane. And some people are very fortunate to, to have a little bit of money when they come. And I think that's fantastic. But for those of us who, 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 didn't, who haven't got that, make sure that you, um, that your work is sorted and that you, it's confirmed and that, you know, because it can take a while for, for the paperwork process to kick in here. And it's very different from New Zealand. I found New Zealand very informal in the way they do things here in Australia, and I guess it's to do with liability insurance and the ability to be sued, um, the paperwork in regards to gaining work and in regards to, you know, in regards to medicals and, work, you know, work health and safety and and things like that is very formal and very different. And so if you don't have one thing... Um, you know, one, one, one thing that they require, then it's less than likely that you will secure employment. So yes, make sure you have work and make sure it's confirmed and make sure you check it out or make sure that you're able to come and check it out. A lot of people are coming here to work in the mines um, and do FIFO, which is fly in, fly out, or and there's drive in and drive out, and that's more to do with mining work here up in Mackay or, you know, in Perth and Western Australia. Um, it's very, it tends to be very specialised, and people think they can just walk into the mines these days. After having talked to a few people who actually work in the mines at the moment, um, from what I can gather... Um, you need to, you know what I mean. You need to tick every box before you're considered by the recruitment agencies, and that's in regards to your tickets, to your licenses, to your medicals, to everything. So whatever, you know, however you can bolster um, your position in regards to getting work here, um, do it. And if you can apply from New Zealand, even better. Simple things like bank accounts. Um, make sure you get a tax file number. You won't be able to work without one. That's like an IRD number in New Zealand. Um, it's called a tax file number and you can apply for it online. Or I think here you can apply for it at the local, um, at your local post shop or your Australian post shop. Um, and I believe it's free, but you'll need that to open bank accounts. I think we arrived the next day and we opened a bank account here at the Commonwealth Bank, and I have to say they've been pretty good to deal with. Took my passport in, took something with my address in, and that was it really. We had, uh, I had opened my first bank account the following day, landed, didn't have much of a sleep. Next minute I'm down at the local Bouvel branch of the Commonwealth Bank opening a bank account and it's important particularly if you want to be paid if you want to receive money from home um, there's a whole bunch of banks there are your normal ANZ obviously because most banks in New Zealand are Australian owned 
Um, yes, we do have your ANZs and your Westpacs, but check that out. Um, I haven't had any problems with the Commonwealth Bank so far. And I was both a member of the ANZ and Westpac back at home. So, um, yeah, that's most important. Your TFN, opening your bank accounts, transferring your New Zealand licence, which you can use, I believe, um, for the first three months, and then you have to get it uh, transferred over to an Australian licence. I believe my brother did that not long after we got here, I think, within the week. Um, I also applied for an ABN because at that time when I arrived, we were wanted to get into getting. We were wanting to get into teaching Sumba classes straight away, and to teach any type of community fitness class, you have to have liability insurance here and an Australian business number. So I did that. I think within the first month, I think, uh, for my business R and B Athletic and. I've still got the ABN, we haven't quite ventured into group fitness as of yet, but it is up and coming. So that's uh, coming soon. If you have the money to do this, um, you need to, depending what your trade is, if you are a labourer, if you work in construction, uh, grab your white card, that's a requirement. Um, most construction sites, work sites, um, but yeah, grab your white card if you if you serve want to serve alcohol or work in a facility where there's gaming and alcohol. You can get your RSA um, or your RSG, I believe it's called, and that's for for working in facilities where alcohol is served or where there is gaming. Or if you want to serve alcohol, or if you want to be involved, you know, in, in, in serving either alcohol or food in licensed settings. And settings like RSLs, which are the equivalent in New Zealand as an RSA or sports clubs. Um, if you want to work with people with disabilities, with vulnerable people, um, with your old elder people or your people with disabilities, you need to get your blue card um, uh, or your blue card and yellow card exemption. Check all these things out. Um, it'll vary. The costs will vary from state to state. Um, and if you get those cards, the normal police check that you get only lasts for three months. But if you get a blue card, that, that particular, and that involves a uh, a very in-depth police check, which is sent back to New Zealand, I believe, as well. Um, if you get that, that sorted, then that covers that police check um, scenario uh, for three years, because that's how long blue cards um, last for. So make sure you research those, and if you're able to get them and apply for them when you get here, please do so, depending on your industry that you're going into. Like, for example, I wanted to teach Zumba in the park. There's a lot of classes that are taught in the park here because of the weather, because it's fantastically warm. And to be able to teach groups, and to be able to teach groups with children uh, with or with people with disabilities, 
or with older people in the community, you have to have a blue card. Um, check out what the requirements are for you, for different states, because different states have different requirements. But definitely, if you can, um, have a look, check out, research those particular um, particular cards, because they are important. And um, even for volunteering now, and I think this has been a practice both in Australia and New Zealand for a while, even for Lifeline, which is like sort of Vinnie's, or even those, you know what I mean, it's called, actually called Vinnie's here, the second-hand shops, even for those are police checks required these days. And fair enough too, you know, you're dealing with the public, you're dealing with people, you know, you, you want to know the person that's serving you at Vinnie's, you know, you know, it's a good person, for want of a better word. And this is probably the most important thing of all. It, it, it all depends if you've got family support or if you haven't. If you're fortunate enough to to have family support when you get here, and that's not in regards to financial family support but that's in regards to to family who've been here a bit longer who know how things are done who um can point you in the right direction uh, in regards to services in regards to buying things in regards to the best places to go to get stuff done really make use of your family in a good way of course and of your support networks particularly people who've lived here for a while because you know they can tell you some shortcuts and they can tell you some ways to 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 to, to get things done here um really make use of those networks both personal and professional um get yourself involved with and another thing which i think is really important and it's probably more something that's done within within our kiwi community this has been my observation um, and it's happened to me, be willing to, and now bearing in mind that here in Australia we've got Kmart, we've got Target, we've got Big W, and actually our retail shopping, and actually shopping for things that you need in a house and for yourself, it's actually quite cheap. And I guess that's the population that, you know, the size of the population enables you to do to to shop cheaply you know at these at these places if you can gather the support become part of a, of like a kiwi community um and there's a lot of facebook pages out there you know there's a lot of facebook groups whether you're a part of a church group whether you're part of whatever really become part of a support group that helps people out because I think my experience and I recall going to not long after I came um, Footprints in the Park which is a charitable organisation that feeds people homeless people and those in need um, at the local parks here in Goodna and in Ipswich during the week and um, most of the people I have found that help support these groups are Kiwis and New Zealanders. And so, you know, if you're able to, if you have access to it, 
um, become involved with, you know, your Kiwis, your Kiwi groups um, that support each other. There's a lot of food banks. There's a lot of, um, you know, that type of food hampers, cheap food hampers for people who can't afford you know, shopping sometimes, and there's a lot of free bread available, there's a lot of free food given away, at the moment my friend cooks for a men's hostel here in Ipswich, cooks 22 meals twice a week I think, um, a lot of the stuff she, food she uses is donated to her, um, uh, and because I live in her old house, um, at the moment, I'm I. The del- she receives the delivery of bread from local bakeries around the area, <clears throat> and local um. What do you call them? Supermarkets. So a lot of supermarkets here give away stuff that they can't sell, the next day, and that could be a lot of bread, obviously. Um, a lot of specialty breads, but often it's stuff that's come off the shelves as well. If you can find groups within your area that can assist, whether they are church groups, whether they and a lot of them are not church-based groups either, there's a lot of help out there in regards to food um, and agencies. The approach is a lot different here. Um, it's very business-like, let's say it that way. Um, and I think that's just the culture here. Um in a lot of the organisations and charities that deal with that sort of, you know, um, how can I say it, who deal with those particular issues, particularly here in Ipswich, are actually run by Kiwis, a lot of them. So yes, make sure that if you can, that you check out what groups are available in your area to support and help you and do not be afraid to ask for help and support if you need it don't be proud and I can say this from experience do not be proud and do not you know sit in the corner and and, and sit on your hands and not ask for help if you need help and support in any way while you are living here in Australia talk to all the talk to the Kiwis talk to them about you know, how they first started out and where they went and where they went for support and for help. And, and you'd be surprised, quite a few of my friends who've been here for a while, you know, we've all had our sort of war stories of how things started and how things are going and, you know, eventually everyone finds their feet. Um, but yeah, find your support group, find your support network. And if your family is not here, um, I can tell you, you you will find fellow Kiwis who nine times out of ten will be more than happy to support you and whatever you do. So I think it covered everything really, um, as far as I can from my experience of living here in Australia. It's an absolutely fantastic country. I would like to explore it some more. Um, I have been to Noosa, which is a very popular part of the Sunshine Coast here. Um, absolutely fantastic beaches. 
but I would like to explore other areas, my other friend lives in Cairns, um, which is at the top of northern Queensland. I would love to go there on the train particularly because here in Australia they have seats that fold down into beds on the train. I know, slightly fancy. Um, and there's a lot of other places I'd like to travel to as well. So, uh, before I finish off podcast two, thank you very much for listening. Um, now I have to get to the business end um, of the podcast. So, the next two podcasts, podcast three and podcast four. Uh, podcast three, the topic for, for that podcast will be doing business here in Australia. And we'll do a review of my business R&B Athletic and how I set it up here in Australia, you know, same type of thing, talking from my experience, um, what I've done, um, and my suggestions of, of things to look at when you're thinking of setting up business here in Australia, that is podcast number three. Podcast number four is um, an interview with Donna McCaskill. Um, Donna McCaskill from New Zealand as a disabled athlete um, who I am fortunate to be friends with um, and who is looking forward to being my first Catch Up With B podcast interview. So I'm looking forward to do that. And when I've figured out what questions I'm going to ask her, I'll send those along to her. So the next date for the next podcast is Monday the 16th of oh, uh, September in the fall and podcast four will be um, posted on the 30th of September so I'm really looking forward to recording and to listening um, and, and f- rather for sharing those, those podcasts for you to enjoy now we're at the business end of the um podcast if you have any feedback suggestions or comments please don't hesitate to ring me which you can do on 04380 that's an Australian phone number alternatively at the moment you can email me on burnay1 that's b-e-r-n-a-y-e the number one at gmail.com um, I also have just started a um, Catch Up With B Facebook page. Please check it out. Um, it has the links because my podcast is now on six other forums. Uh, we are definitely on Anchor and Spotify and also Google Podcasts. And when I remember what the other ones are, I'll let you know. So Anchor is not the only forum that the podcast is on. If you have any suggestions about any groups or anyone that I should interview in my podcast and I'm fairly open about interviewing people, you know, I'd like to, um, you know, cover a range of topics and talk to a range of people and not just hear the sound of my own voice every day (laughs) or every podcast rather, please don't hesitate to contact me about that. I am available for voice work. Um, 
a friend of mine suggested that I should do broadcasting professionally. Um, she said that I was didn't sound too bad. My voice actually sounded pretty good, which I appreciate. I appreciate good feedback. Um, so I am happy to do voice work. I am happy to do audio book recordings. Flip me an email. You can leave a message on the Catch Up With B page. Or you can private message me. Or you can ring me um, in regards to that. To doing professional voice and broadcasting work. Let me know. Um, I am more than happy to promote your business. To promote your product. Um, to do product reviews. To do reviews of books and and other products. I am happy to do that if it facilitates um, uh, the recording of the Catch Up With B podcast. I am happy to share links. I'm happy to do affiliate links. Um, you know, because obviously we, I would like to pay or be able to pay for some more professional recording equipment at some point. So please contact me in regards to product placement, in regards to, um, you know, promoting your business, in regards to um, to doing product reviews and, and those types of things. I'm happy to do it. Um, affiliate links, you know, if it helps to promote the work uh, or the podcast Catch Up With B. If I'm attuned to it, um, I'm, I'm happy to give anything a go. Please contact me. I'm happy to interview um, people for my podcast. That just, you know, adds a bit of variety. Saves me from listening to my own voice all the time. And, you know, we learn something new um, from gaining other people's perspectives of the world if you have any suggestions or if you know anyone who would be willing to share um, on the podcast please let me know please contact me so from me to you thank you for listening to my podcast catch up with me my name is Bernadine Rangi and I will be joining you again on Monday September the 16th 2019 for podcast number three and that's about doing business in Australia. Thank you and we'll talk again soon.